helping guys. Welcome, welcome. Two, three check shirts out of five. Not bad. I'm going to sit down. Okay. Um, as you can imagine, this interview, I was thinking, you know, we were having a little joke, and uh, Jürgen, this is Eugen, this is Jürgen, Bill and Ben, it's like that in English, yeah? <laughs> it makes it easier. We were just chatting, I said, oh, teach me a bit of German, teach me a bit of German. And uh, so I got as far as, Willkommen in Norfolk. <laughs> Welcome to the And uh, there was another phrase that uh, Jürgen was teaching me, and I was thinking on the way home, listening to the audio, got my iPad out, listening to the audio. And uh, I got to the door of my house, and I opened, the I opened my house, and God said to me, I don't want you to say it, I want you to honour their nation. And it was about the football, so I don't want to bring it up and make it too much. But I, <laughs> I just felt, you know, this is a time to honour the nation of Germany. Because I've been looking at, uh, I wake up to the news every morning, Radio 4, chuntering on about news and how bad the news is and all this. And the, the bad news that we hear, um, we want to take away your stories. So I haven't really got any questions, I just want you to tell your stories. Um, and I was so blessed, uh, I just want to read out a couple of statistics. Sorry, I'm just going to take over a little bit here randomly. Um, just because uh, Germany, have, uh, I know it's been a little bit controversial. Um, the word that uh, was used that Angela Merkel was um, dispute over was compassion. I thought, well, good on you if it's about compassion, well done. Uh, Germany has had, and these are statistics up until March, uh, March 2016, 484,000,000 estimated arrivals from Syria, 306,703 applicants compared to the UK, which is right down at the bottom, 9,292 applicants, 5,000 5, reset, and we worry about having 50 in Norfolk. So, you know, just big up to you guys, really. I mean that seriously. So, um, you didn't get away without stalking. I'd stalked all of you as well, looked at your website. We have got some photos of um, their churches. If you get a chance, please look at their websites. They do a great translation into English if you don't do German. Apparently, Gerhard, you are a multiple grandfather. Multiple? Multiple, yeah. Apparently, you have many grandchildren. Oh, okay. I don't that's know. Not one, but well, that's not multiple, is it? <laughs> no. I'm going to actually start with Simon, so if you would like to pass the microphone back. <laughs> okay. Let's hear the good stories, and when you hear the bad news, let's hear the good stories. Simon, I was going to talk to Simon. I said, yeah, you've done church planting. Move from Revelation Church. Difficult, challenging. <laughs> It's hardcore stuff, church plants. And then he started telling me the stories that they've had um, of the camps of the refugees and the migrants. So uh, just tell us how, how you got involved, where it started. You ramble away. Okay, good. Um, well, a very dear and uh, modern friend of mine said to me um, in terms of church planting, 
um, that whatever you want the church to become in the future, make sure that it's in part of the DNA right at the beginning. And for me, part of that was um, serving the poor. So, um, yay. Yay, Julia. Yeah. So um, when we arrived in Germany, in the city that we live in, there's a, a camp of um, a thousand refugees there. And um, we, were, we are still only a small team, but we said to God, we really want to help. Um, and it actually started with uh, the Enough Prayer Night back in September last year, because um, we had no idea where to begin or what we could do with, you know, with our limited resources. And um, we'd been praying at the refugee camp together as a church, um, asking God to open up doors. Firstly, we really had a heart for the Christians that were over, who had left, given up all of their life and come, um, f- fled their countries. So we had a heart for them. And also just knowing that there's a lot of unreached people that are now on our doorstep. Um, so we prayed and we went, walked around the camp. And then that week was our enough prayer night. And um, we again prayed, God, would you give us some way of, you know, helping in some small way? And um, myself and some of the others had been volunteering at the camp, um, all sorts of things from building beds to giving out clothes, some food and things. And um, I was there the next week after the Enough Prayer Night, and um, I was helping give out clothes to uh, to some Syrian men, and um, none of them spoke, well, English or German, actually. But um, one of them just came up to me and said, in kind of broken English, excuse me, are you a Christian? And I said, yes, I am, <laughs> out of the blue. And uh, he, he called a translator over and went on to explain. He said, well, we're a Christian family from Syria. We're, even within the camp, uh, we feel quite isolated because it's majority Muslim. Can, can you help us? You know, we've, we've left everything. And I said, and this, we'd started our church meeting in the home about two weeks before. So I said, yeah, of course, you can, you know, come, come with us. Come join us. And um, he then called over his brother and uh, their two children who could speak English. And um, this family had been split. Part of them had come over. The two children were medical students. Uh, They'd had to abandon their studies because um, what was quite typical for them uh, in their city was that um, the Taliban recognized that uh, those studying probably had some wealth and they used to get accosted going back and forth to university. And uh, this was happening pretty much on a daily basis. And uh, they'd seen friends attacked and, you know, involved in car bombs and all sorts of things. So the family said, that's enough, we're, we're pulling, pulling out. So uh, some of the family stayed, but the two brothers came with their children, uh, taking three months to get over. And, uh, and then they found themselves in the camp. So we, I mean, we found it such a, a huge privilege, really, just to serve them. We, we welcomed them over, not knowing what to expect. So uh, it was quite a... Um, challenging initial church planting service in, in that we had to not only navigate English and German, but then we had to uh, had a Arabic service as well, which we somehow managed with Google Translate app going on the whole time. Um, but uh, this family ended up staying with us for six or so weeks up to Christmas, uh, worshipping with us and, uh, and eating with us. They spent most of the, the Sunday with us, and we just found that a huge privilege really to serve them. Uh, it was a great honor. It was, it was quite emotional just being able to do that. Um, and we've also been um, opening up our home, just using what we've got, really, um, welcoming families from the camp. So a lot of the time, they don't get an opportunity to leave the camp. Uh, so we 
cook uh, meals and people come over as a family. And just one quick story, we had a family come over a few weeks ago. Um, again, they were, these were from Iraq, but a Christian family, they had their own three children. Um, but they were on, you've seen on the news, the, the dinghies, and they were on there. And um, there was another family there, and the, both parents um, died. They, they fell off the boat, leaving their children on the boat. And this family, this Christian family, said, well, the natural thing, you've got to come with us. So when they arrived um, in Germany, they'd got their own three children plus two children that they'd taken on board. And, um, and then another two children were, uh, they found in the camp from a, another Christian village also had no parents. So they took them on. So they had seven, seven children and this, this couple were, you know, doing what they could to take them in. And uh, we got a phone call from the camp saying, well, they've actually been in the camp for five months now and they haven't yet gone out because they're such a big group. No one can host them. Would you do that? If we, if we got them to you, would you host them for the, for the day? So we said, of course we will. Uh, so um, they came and joined us for a Sunday as well. The kids came and played with our kids in the garden and uh, we had a lovely time. But for them, it was the first time in five months they'd been out of the camp. Uh, the kids were able to play with other children, which was amazing. I mean, it's, it, to us, it seems a very small thing, but being able to uh, welcome those families has just been a huge uh, privilege for us, really, to be able to do that. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Simon. <laughs> so... Uh, Sorry, I should have said, Simon is from Frankfurt, from the Frankfurt Church, um, planting, and uh, Jürgen and Eugen are from the south, um, and Gerhard, you're not far away, but you're together. Uh, Eugen is the lead elder, and Jürgen has been working more with the refugee camp, which is also quite close. So just, I'd like to know a bit more about how, were you prepared for this? Um, how did the church respond yeah, how do you do that? How, do you, how have you done it? How have you gone about doing it practically? We didn't have been prepared for that at all. <laughs> it was last year in, when we had the opening of our building, the mayor said something like, um, we would like to expect you to be socially active as a church. And we didn't know at that moment that one week later we read in the newspapers that um, the local authorities planned to open a refugee camp just 200 meters away from our church building. So um, <clears throat> that was a challenge, that was a surprise, and it was a chance as well. So what we did is just um, think about what could we do as a church, and how easy is it to relate to people you do not know at all, you don't understand the language, you do not know the culture, you have no clue who they are and what they already experienced during the trip um, to Germany. So December they came and um, <clears throat> some, the easiest thing for us was just to, to get linked to the, um, to the volunteers, yes, that, thank you for the word, <laughs> for the volunteers that um, already tried to think about um, how can we help, what could we probably do. And um, so there came several initiatives up. So, for example, there's a medical team where um, they, they have been looking for doctors, for nurses. My wife is a nurse, so it was easy just to get linked to that. And that was one of the possibilities just to get easily in contact to all these people because every one of them goes to the doctor twice or three times a week. And so my wife already knows everybody in the camp. 
it's only a camp of 180 people, not thousands. So, <laughs> but it helped a lot for the next thing. We also have um, in our church building we have the possibility to host um, two women German classes, um, where ladies of our church help as well and. These also are only very easy possibilities to get in contact to people, to build trust, to, to build relationship, to build friendship. And one of the most important experiences we made is we do not know any of Arabic, of um, Farsi and all these languages. But the moment when we came into the camp and just uh, have been friendly to them and tried to communicate with them, the hearts opened up for everything. So, meanwhile, we have quite a lot of friendships to those, and um, one funny story was there's a, there's a um, family from Syria, and after a couple of weeks, we invited them for a home, and we saw that they had a little fear to visit us. And, um, but they did, and we had lunch together, and we had a nice afternoon, but we didn't really know did they like it or what did they think. The next day, my wife heard in the, in the, in the camp that the most important thing the lady told all the other ladies was, oh, it was nice, and we have not been forced to eat pork. <laughs> Nothing wrong with pork. <laughs> Nothing wrong with pork. <laughs> yeah, for Muslims, there's something wrong with pork. Yeah, yeah whoops. <laughs> True. But it was it was really it was really nice what they have been looking about. And another experience we are making is um, at the moment when we get in contact and the trust grows, it is an open opportunity to talk about Jesus, because they want to talk about their God and they want to talk about their religion and they also want to listen and know what we believe and what we who is the God whom we trust in. And this is this is great. You asked what is the what is the how's the church reacting? I think it is always a mind shift that has to take place because we all are a little re reluctant to get in contact with foreign people where we do not know anything about that. But one thing we try to do now is just, okay, we have some contacts, we have some entry points, and we try to get the people with us and just enter the camp, get in contact with the people, make the same experiences and build a platform to... Um, to build trust and to um, transport the gospel of Jesus. Mm. Brilliant. As well as in the camp, as the 200 meters away in our church building. Thank you, thank you. Um, or you can, is there anything briefly you want to add to that? We had, um, on Easter Sunday, we had a brunch, um, and people, we, we invited people from the refugee camp and um, they came, they were polite, but you still could feel the reluctance to take from the buffet. So there is still some fear, what do they offer us? There is some uncertainty. So that, but that may be related to, to the fact that communication at that time was difficult at all. They now improved in communication and, and in two weeks time, Next, uh, um, on Saturday, we will have a neighborhood uh, uh, festival, barbecue, and we will invite them as well. And we hope and pray that many of them will come. And you can pray for us and with us that many of them will come and will get to know our, our people, the place. And that 
uh, the women um, which are going to the language class feel in meanwhile quite comfortable coming. So when the local authorities uh, had a, um, a meeting with the crowd from the camp uh, regarding all the social um, possibilities uh, they could offer to the refugees. Um, it was held in our building and people came uh, and, and felt almost at home. Uh, so we expect that to increase and we hope for a, for a good uh, festival of barbecue and people turn up and, and the neighborhood will come and they will mingle. Already uh, uh, tomorrow there is from the re refugee camp um, um, a brunch a invitation to the neighborhood and we hope that will work well and, and uh, so in two weeks time we can reciprocate uh, on our place and, and we hope that all together works for the good. Great. Thank you. Finally, Gerhard, uh, briefly, so we're running out of time a little bit. Um, how can we pray? What are your prayers? What, what do we pray for? We can't all do what you're doing. We all have, we have a different role to play, but what can we pray? What do, you, what do you pray for? Yes, I think we have a lot of contacts to the refugees, uh, friendships, and so I think it's very important that they're really open and that we have the chance to tell about Jesus and, yeah, so many will become believers. So we have, in our, in our building, we have now three groups uh, learning German, and it's very interesting because Julian Adams had a prophecy for our church in 2010, mm. and he said that people from the Middle East will come to our church and learn German, and we thought, from the Middle East? <laughs> and uh, so it's really funny, and so Amazing. the point is that uh, it's nobody from, the, from our church who is teaching German, but, uh, but there's one couple, they are Christians from, other, from another church and they teach German and so I think it's wonderful. And we have a cafe uh, once a month to, for the refugees and the people from Stein and so there are very good um, contacts. Last time uh, we spoke about Ramadan, it begins on Monday and uh, so three guys invited me and another guy from the church to come to the refugee camp to break the Ramadan at 9.30 in the evening, so it will be very interesting. Great. Well, I just want to thank you guys and your uh, families as well for, for the work that you're doing on many of our behalf, really, because I'm sure we're all praying for the situation and for your nation and pray that we come to our knees and ask God for help, really, because that's what they need. They need Jesus. So bless you. Thank you very much.